Well, good morning, everybody. I, uh, I want to say welcome to those that are watching online. Uh, we are grateful that you are spending some time with us. Uh, I will tell you is that there are no notes. So if you were looking for some paper notes or you're looking for what we we're going to do, um, they do not exist. I would ask you instead to open a Bible up to Ephesians. Uh, we're going we're gonna to start right at the beginning of Ephesians, Ephesians 1. Uh, you don't have a Bible. Uh, there's one uh, on the chair maybe in front of you or one of those necessary... Now, I'm going to be reading from the NIV. The one that's down on the, the chair is not an NIV, I don't think. But uh, uh, that's where we're going to kind of spend. We're going to spend time in the book of Ephesians over the next six weeks. There's six chapters of Ephesians. We're going to spend some time there. Um, <clears throat> I, I've been fairly well convicted over the last couple of weeks that while my topical can be very entertaining and be, uh, I can be funny and I can do all of those things, but uh, I think we're kind of missing the point of the scripture sometimes. I can pick and choose and grab things, and I have software that allows me to grab different things. But sometimes we miss just exactly what the, the, they were trying to convey as, they were, as, they were, as God was you know, speaking through Paul in, in this particular letter. And so we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about this. Now let me give you a little bit of history about this book. Uh, the book of Ephesians was written in about 60 to 62 AD. So if you, uh, if you think about that, this is about 30 years after Jesus had, uh, had passed away. So, you know, we've already seen all these other things. And currently Paul is on house arrest. Um, when most people hear that Paul was in, you know, that he was being held in jail or he was in custody, a lot of times what we tend to think of is we tend to think of the entire time that he was in custody we tend to think that he was in like a dungeon or he was chained to a wall or he had something along those lines. And that is not the case for this. The case is he was actually at home. So he was at home and he had a Roman soldier uh, chained to him. And that, that Roman soldier would be chained to him 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Actually, at this time, it was only like 270 days a year. But, it, you know, as we're talking now, it's 365 days a year. So he would be tied up. And, and so I don't know who was really in prison, if it was Paul or if it was the Roman soldier, because every time, you know, I'm, could you imagine is that Paul would be like, hey, can I talk to you about Jesus? <laughs> Where's the guy going to go? He's like, I'm, you know, there's no place for him to go at that point. Um, and, uh, and see, what, what was unique for Paul at this point is he was allowed to have guests. He could have people come over. So he had a scribe and he had people that that did work for, that worked with him and he had he had visitors on a regular basis and he was allowed to write letters and so that's why we see a lot of these letters that are penned for the church in in, in Ephesus and you see it also for Colossians you see Corinthians these are all church places these are it's not like he just said hey I'm going to write a letter to and we're just going to call it my first letter to the Corinthians not, there was actually a church called the church of Corinth right you know and so that's it, it happened to be in a place, just like Ephesus happened to be a place. Ephesus is in modern-day Turkey. So if you're wondering where this was at, it's in modern-day Turkey now. And it's still a highly, even though it's surrounded by a huge Muslim population, it is still a very, very Christian area. So deep, deep roots when it comes to the area where Ephesus would be at now. Uh, the church there was very, what we would consider multi-ethnic right? We would consider it multi-ethnic. It would say you, there, was, there was Jew and Gentile and so that, that attended this church together. And so if you know, 
If you know anything about this period, Jews and Gentiles never, ever tried to come in contact with one another. They were like, they, they looked at one another as if they were enemies. And so, but yet at this church, they would attend together. There was also enslaved and free. They would attend church together. There was, there was rich and there was poor. They would attend church together. There was, there was those of dark skin and those of light skin that would attend church together. And you start seeing this. And when Paul starts addressing this church, when he starts writing this letter, he's talking about what the kingdom of heaven is going to look like. This is what he's talking about. He's talking about what Jesus does, what Jesus allows for us to, to experience because of it. And as it opens... You know, it's really, it's the only, if you, have an, if you have an older Bible, so if you go back and you have a, uh, an NIV that's pre-1984, so, or 1984 edition, it opens up and it says, to the saints in Ephesus. He, he, it's the only time in scripture that as people where you are referred to as saints, you, you know, it, it's, it's the only time. And, and, and so for most of us, we don't feel as if we're saints. We don't feel that way at all. You know, we don't feel that we, that we you know, and so it, now it's translated as those holy people, but holy means just to be set apart. Do we feel set apart? Do, do our actions look like we're set apart? Do, does it seem that way? And, and Ephesians is broken up. If you read it and you just try to pound through it, you can. But if you really want to break it down, if you read chapters one through three, chapters one through three are who we are in Christ. And chapters 4 through 6 are how we live in Christ. So as you open it up, it's this is who you are. This is what God wants for you. And as you get to the second half of it, this is how you should live. And he's talking in chapters 4 through 6, we're going to spend some time there, but he's talking a lot about putting away your past behaviors. You, you know, and see, yesterday in my men's group, we talked about past behaviors and how do we move forward and, and how do we do life and put away the previous negative behavior? What do we have to do? Because, see, if we're a new creation, we should be doing new things. We shouldn't continue living the way of the past. We should be doing new things. We should, our lives should look different. And, and I, I used to use this analogy often, but if your life looks like everybody else's life around you, then you're probably not following Jesus. Now, it's different if all of our lives look together, comparative to what everybody else's lives look like. That's, that's a different thing. So if you go, hey, my life looks just like yours, and you happen to be attending the same church or doing the same things, it's a different story than, than your life looks exactly like your neighbor's who doesn't go to church and who's out playing music 24 hours a day, partying, drinking beer in the backyard, all of those things. If your life looks just like theirs, and I'm not saying, <laughs> I want to be clear, I'm not saying having a backyard barbecue but beers is a bad thing. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is if you do that every day, maybe we should have to change in behavior, right? There should be something that changes. So let's just open up. We're going to start right at Paul, right in Ephesians 1.1. And so it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. And so here's an interesting thing. He doesn't come out and say, I'm self-appointed, right? And he doesn't come out and go, this is, this is all me. He's going, I do this because the will of God, God has appointed me to do this. God has put me in this place. And here it says, the next line goes in and says to God's holy people in Ephesus. And like I said, in previous editions, it would say to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace 
to you from our God, our Father, and the Lord of, Christ, of Jesus Christ. See, and here, this is, it's one of these, these amazing openings, right? If you were to get this letter in the mail, just imagine this letter showed up at your door and it said to Melinda of Fairfield, <laughs> right? To the saint of Fairfield. That's what, how it shows up. I mean, think about it. Ephesus is a big city and it shows up to your house and it goes, and it goes to the saints of Ephesus, to the saints of Fairfield, to the saints of Sassoon, to the to, all of a sudden, you got your attention. You're like, hey, wait a minute here. It's the best opening. There's no, it's not dear John, right? It's to the saint. You're like, wait a minute here. What did I do? How did I deserve this attention? And so you've got this amazing opening for, and, and all of a sudden, you can come out and say something not expected to be delivered at this point, right? You can come out and you can go, hey, because everything wasn't perfect in Ephesus. Everything, it's not like everything's magical. And so now you have this amazing opening. He comes out and he says, I, I'm Paul. Just want to say, hello. I happen to do this work because God appointed me to, but you are a saint as well. So don't think about this. And so then he goes into this next thing and he goes, I want you to know that the grace of Jesus creates a new and a, and a diverse family. That's what he comes out and he says here. And here's how, if you open up the, if you go down just to, uh, to verse three, it says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sponsorship through Jesus Christ in accordance to his, will, to his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given in the one he loves. Whole lot of words there, right? He's saying that Jesus' grace allows us to be part of this new and diverse family. That's what he's saying. If you read through this, he's just saying because of because of what Jesus has done, he allows us to be part of this new family. That it's not just, it's not just us coming to church. See, that's the problem. We just show up to church and we go, oh, I, I belong to this church family. No, we are part of God's holy family. We're, it's, not just, it's not just the edge. It's not just any other church in town. It's, it's God's holy family that's coming together. And, we, but, and, and so here's the thing. I know that most of us, we forget that families can be messy, right? Anybody got a dysfunctional family? <laughs> Anybody out there? Right? Like for me, I look and I go, I go, I, you know, as a kid, I, I, <laughs> when I was a kid, we didn't have family reunions because everybody was dysfunctional, right? We, nobody would have like, I'm not going to meet this dude, this dude. Everybody was dysfunctional. But as I got older, we start to see it. And even then you realize that we all got a weird uncle. We all have a weird grandma. We all have somebody that you just look at, and, 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 and you can have the weird ones that are like, hey, like, <laughs> like they're, come here, come with me, and you're like, oh, no, you're weird, man, I'm not going anywhere with you, and then you have the other ones that are weird because they come in and go, they have the crystals, and they have all these things, and can I talk to you about this, and you're like, no, I'm good, and then, and then you have the Christians, right, the Christians that show up, and you're not a Christian, and you go, they're weird too, and so you have like this, you have this dysfunctional family that comes together, Right? But we still come together. 
We still come and hang out. We still, and we still share this bond of whether it's a last name or if it's, or if it's, a, or, or, or if it's a blood thing. You know, whatever it is, we share this bond. You know, every, I was driving through, uh, a couple weeks ago, I was in Indianapolis, and I was driving along, and there was a sign there. You know, it's election season. Everybody's seen the signs for election season, right? You're everywhere. Like, you're just going, who is it? Like, they think that we know this person based upon the sign they put up. Vote for me. My name is such and such. And you're like, I don't know you. You think you're, and your sign sucks, you know? And so, <laughs> and so, as <laughs> and so as you're driving along, I was driving along in Indianapolis, and I, and I come, and so if, uh, if you ever go to Indianapolis, you're going to find out they have lots of roundabouts. Like, it is, it is crazy. I went from one place to another place nine miles away, drove through 40 roundabouts. <laughs> I was like, this is nine miles. It took an extra 10 minutes just because of the roundabouts, having to go through them all. Anyway, the reason why I bring this up is because my last name is Wurz, and as I was driving along, there was this guy running for city council there, and his last name was Wurz. And I, it, what did... What's the first thing you think came to my mind? Are we related? I've never been in Indianapolis. Prior to this time, I know where my roots are. I know my I can trace mine all the way back to the 13th century. So I know that I don't have any family in Indianapolis. But I still wondered. I said, hey, maybe, you know. And I looked at him and I said, oh no, you know, we know we're not related. You know? <laughs> So we don't share any DNA. I can tell. But that's how it is, right? We're part of this family. Even though I was, on the, I was on the other side of the country, I still thought I was related to this person. That's the same thing that happens. Even when we walk into a different church, we walk in and go, I might be related to some of these folks. We are all family in Christ. And it's diverse. I, I'll tell you, nine years ago, when we were, 10 years ago, I don't even know now. 11 years ago, we're planting this church. And before we plant this church, I decide I want to go to all the churches in the community, right? I want to go, hey, I want to go check it out. And Melissa and I, we start going to different churches. <laughs> and Melissa goes, yeah, I'm done doing this. You can keep going to different churches. This has gotten a little weird for me. Because we walked into certain places, and it was, it, 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 was, it was nothing that we'd ever experienced before. Nothing. You know, like we walked in, we were like, wow, this is, this is different. But I walked into a lot of different unique churches, and almost all of them treated me as if I was part of the family. As soon as I walked in, I said, hey, I'm getting ready to plant a church in town. And they were like, come on in. And it was like I was welcomed. I went into, uh, I went into, I'm not going to use a church name because I think that sometimes uh, you'll, you will think that I'm going to bash a church and I'm not trying to bash a church. So it's, but I walked into a church and I was the only white face in the place. Right? I, I walked in and they were like, they were like, hmm. This is the wrong place for you. Like, like, that's what they looked at me like. I could tell in their eyes. They were like, mm, you sure you want to be here, buddy? You know, like I, I was like, yeah, I'm here. I'm, I, want, I'm, I want to see how you really worship is what I told them. And they were like, oh, well, welcome. Come on in. That's, you know, and so, so I went in and, and I went through service. And at the end of service, I always made it a point to go introduce myself to the senior pastor. I go to the senior pastor and go, hey, how are you doing? I'm getting ready to plant a church here in town. And he, here's what he told me. He's all, this is where churches come to die. That's what he's speaking of Fairfield. He goes, this is, churches do not survive here. This is where they come to die. And I go, why is that? And he goes, because he's all churches. Look at this as a competition. They look at this as it's, these are my people. And they don't look at it as if we are part of a family. And it's true. It's true. It's very, very true in this community. Churches do not look at it as like we're part of a family. We're part of a family. Through Christ Jesus, we are part of a diverse family. We need to recognize that. 
We can, so the edge cannot reach everybody in this community. The church down the street can't do it. The next church, the next church, we just can't do it. It takes all of us acting like a family on a mission to do the work. So, Here's the next one. It says God makes enemies into family through the redemption offered in the blood of Jesus. You're like, well, wait a minute here. Let's see see what the scripture says. So in verse 7, so we're going to go verse 7 through 10 here. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches and the grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us this mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. So, I want you to think about this. Paul is trying to explain to them, going, there is unity here. It's unity. It's not just that we're family, but we have unity. Anybody ever had an, so like for me, I'm going to share a story with you and you're going to go, I can't believe my pastor did that. Right? So I was, and if I'm not your pastor, then you can just go, ah, I can't, that's pretty funny. But I was 17 years old. So 17 years old, I was living in the time. I was, uh, I was what you call couch surfing. So I was almost homeless, but I was living at my brother's house, right? So I was in the middle of looking for a job. I had all kinds of things going on, 17 years old. And my older brother, uh, my older brother is 10 years and six days older than I am. So he <clears throat> asked me to watch his apartment as he came back to California for a little while. I was born and raised in California and then left to, went to New Jersey for a while before I got into doing other things. And uh, I said, sure. He went to California. I walked out almost immediately, got in his car, and drove to the Jersey Shore. I wanted to go see, actually, the Jersey Shore didn't exist, like the show that you guys have watched. There was no Pauly D when I got down there. Uh, he's, he's much younger than I am. And uh, not much, but, you know. But anyway, so I got there. And uh, I, got to, I got down to the Jersey Shore. And I, again, 17 years old. I had a friend of mine with me. We hung out there all day, ran out of money, decided to drive ran out of gas halfway up and I left my brother's car on the side of the New Jersey turnpike and hitchhiked back to the city I was living in the next morning I got up I said I gotta go get the car (laughs) got back down to the car the car was not there on it was the car didn't exist anymore and so I came back home I called my older brother did not tell him that I took his car and went and, drew, and traveled to New Jersey or th- th- throughout the state. We lived in Upper New Jersey. He lived, and he called me and he goes, he goes, well, you need to report it stolen. And now I had a conflict. Do I report the vehicle stolen knowing that it wasn't actually stolen or do I tell him the truth and deal with the consequences? I said, sure thing, I'm going to call him and report it stolen. Hung up the phone, called and reported the car stolen. <laughs> the, the New Jersey troopers showed up to the house the day my brother got back, right? He gets back and the day they showed up and they said, hey, we don't know where your car was. We knew where it was the day that it, we picked it up. <laughs> and, uh, and they said, and here are the pictures of your younger brother driving it up the New Jersey turnpike. <laughs> Obviously, I got caught, right? You know, so here's the thing. But it caused conflict for years. That, that thing caused conflict for years. There was no unity between the two of us. See, 
We could be considered diverse family, but there's no unity between us. And so this is the same thing that happens in this church in Ephesus. The people are attending church together, but they have no unity. Some of them are Jews that hold on to old Jewish traditions. So this Jewish tradition is that on the eighth day of your birth, what do you have to have done? You have to be circumcised. And the Gentiles are like, you're not touching me there. No. Don't bring a knife there. No, what are you doing? I mean, could you, I mean, just think about it. As a grown man shows them, and they're like, hey, you just got saved eight days ago. We got a little thing we got to do. And they're like, well, sure, let's do it. And they're like, let me go get the knife, and you got to pull out your thing. No, I'm good. You see, that's exactly what would happen. I'm crying too. I'm like, what? No, 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 no. Uh-uh. But that's, and that's exactly how it transpires. And so you have some that are holding on to these old traditions, and some that want to have these new traditions going. That's not required. Jesus did not say, go get circumcised. He didn't say that. He didn't say, hey, you got you to do these things. No. And Paul makes that argument. He goes, we need to have unity. Stop having fights over these little things. Anybody, we have fights in churches all the time. All the time. Especially between churches. You have churches that talk in tongues, churches that don't talk in tongues, churches that believe in holiness, churches that don't believe in holiness. It's just grace is everything. Go ahead, do all you want. We have churches that believe that you can lose your salvation. You have churches that believe that you are just predestined and it's all good. We have church, we, we don't have unity. We don't have this where people walk in and they go, this is what the scripture says, this is what Jesus said, this is how we're going to go. No, nope, it's just all over the place. Some, some places you go, you have to be baptized like this way, you have to do this, you have to have full immersion. Nope, just some sprinkling is good. I mean, where's the unity? What does it look like? Here, we're just going <laughs> to... Made me think of, made me think of a joke that Chris Rock said. Oh, just sprinkle... <laughs> here's where he goes on and, and so i'm going to give you the preference and then we're going to jump into verse 11 it says god turns enemies into friends so by sending the holy spirit it says in him we were also chosen having pre having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will in order that we who were the first to put our hope in christ might be the praise of his glory. And you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal the prom and promised the Holy Spirit, who is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Wow. It's so wordy, but it's so good. As you read it, it's not just as yeah, so I was going through this and I was studying, I go, I go, it's just not an easy answer as you open it up and you look at this. But what it's saying is, is that as, as we are all separated, we are all united through the Holy Spirit, that we were promised the Holy Spirit, that we were brought into this family together, and the Holy Spirit is what unites us to move us forward. Each one of us. So there's two things. One, I don't know if you, about, if you know this, about six years ago they came and they proved that all of us share a same strand of DNA that it proves that all of us came from one man and one woman. They, they proved that. They did about six years ago. And with that in mind, with that in mind, you have to think about this. We are all related. 100%. We are all related. You know, and so for those of you that are Republicans and those of you that are Democrats and those of you that are, that are maskers and those of you that are unmaskers and those of you that have this opinion or that opinion, you are fighting with family. And on top of that, not only do we actually share DNA, we also actually share the Holy Spirit as believers in Christ. 
So each one of us is getting the same voice being told to us, hey, don't do that. Hey, you should do this. Each one of us is getting this. We often call it our conscience, but really a lot of times it's the Holy Spirit whispering in your ear, you shouldn't do that. You should worship this way. You should go this way. We just have to start becoming more obedient and understanding and going, I need to hear that voice. See, so often we are so busy with everything that's going on, so busy with everything that's happening in the world that we don't hear the voice. You, you know, um, my daughter, my, my, the one that still lives at home with me, my, my middle child, she, uh, it's very, very rare that you will find her without headphones on, right? Very rare. Right? And I think it's a lot way with a lot of kids of today. It's very rare that you don't find them with headphones on. It's very rare that you don't find them because they don't know what to do with the silence in their head. They don't know what to do with it. When everything goes silent, they have no idea what to do with it. And actually, a lot of millennials are the same way. And you'll notice that if a millennial, you turn off the stimuli, guess what happens? They take a nap. It's like a perfect kindergarten class. You bring all these millennials in, you just take and go, give me your phones, and all of a sudden you'll find them all passed out on the desk. But that's how it is. We take away the stimuli, we take it, and all of a sudden our kids become, with, our, we, we have adapted so much, our brains have adapted so much that we don't know what to do in the still, and we don't know what to do in the silence. We, we have no idea. When we're not doing something, when we're just being still, we have no idea. We're like, what, what am I supposed to do? What, what does it look like? We, we actually think it's a problem. We go, what, what is it supposed to look like? Doing nothing, what does that look like? I, what do you mean? I'm, I, I don't have anything on my calendar. I don't have anything planned for night. I think I'm going to go take a nap. And that's kind of like the normal answer. And then in the silence, what happens in the silence? What do we do? It drives a lot of people crazy to be in the silence. Not, to just go in the quiet. They're like going, I don't know what to do. I don't, I, I don't know how to control my brain at that point. And see, that's where we have to start going. We need to start becoming more in tune with the Spirit so that we can understand and hear that. Instead of covering with stimuli and sound and all these other things, we need to start removing that and start appreciating the silence, the quiet. We have to. We have to make this fundamental shift. Because with it as it is right now, we're being so directed by music and by media that you have no idea what you actually believe. You know, anybody... I'm going to be controversial, not trying to be controversial, okay? I just, I just want you to know that I'm not trying to be controversial here. So the newspaper yesterday, I don't know if you read the newspaper. If you read the newspaper, great. If you don't, great. I, but they said there's a 150% increase in COVID cases. Wow, that's amazing. That's a, that's a huge, huge But when you go from three to nine, and that's not three to nine here, but I'm just saying, if you go from three to nine, that's 150% <laughs> increase, but it's only six people right? That's what it is. We're, 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 not seeing, we're not seeing some sort of massive number that's jumping up. We're just seeing a huge increase in the percentage. And so what I'm trying to say is, is that sometimes when you're being fed something by the news outlet or whatever it is, it's not necessarily the truth. You're, you're just getting how they want to skew it to you, how they want to, you know, how, you, how and, I'm, and, and again, I, I, I was just using it as an example, COVID cases on the rise. Please be safe. If you, if you, you should, I, I am a person that's vaccinated. I would encourage you that if you don't want to get sick, get vaccinated. And if you don't, then okay, get sick and don't cry about it. I mean, I don't, you know, that's just how it is. I, I mean, moving on, right? <laughs> All right. 
Verse 15. So this is actually probably part of the most, in, this is probably the biggest part of the DNA of the edge that the entire Bible has in it. Because as you start to see that this is Paul's prayer for the church. So if you look around here, you might see some signs in our old building. It used to be everywhere. And it says, no God. Find freedom. Oh, there's two people in here who know it. That's great. Yeah, we should just start all this over. So it's, it's number one, no God. Find freedom. Discover purpose. Make a difference. Right? So we actually have some of these signs up here on the wall. So this is actually Paul's prayer to the church in Ephesus. He's going, I want you to know God. I want you to go find freedom. I want you to actually discover what your purpose is in God and then actually go out and make a difference in it. This is, what he, this is what his calling is. This is what his prayer is for the church. He's going to go out and do these things. In verse 15, it says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the Lord, or I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So why? So you may know him better. So you may know him. What is it for? So that you may know him better. I pray that he is, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Your eyes, you have to find freedom. So often our eyes are clouded. So often our eyes are covered. So we, 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 we don't actually go out and find freedom because we think that we're supposed to be pursuing certain things. We think that we're supposed to be chasing after certain i love I, I was talking to somebody this week and i shared this at my men's group again yesterday uh i asked him i said how do you know he told me he said we don't have tv at our house like they do not they have one tv that they watch a movie on once a week they do not have tv there's no television in their home at all that to me was crazy i'm like that's nuts how do you go how do you go through the day he's all we read I go, how do you get through the evening? He's all, we read. And we read the Bible together. We do things together. He's all, I make sure that I know what my family is consuming so that way they're not being fed whatever stories that people are trying to share. And I said, well, I said, come on, man. There's a lot of stuff that's out there. He said, he said I want to give you an example. How many of you guys have seen a Carl's Jr. commercial? Right? If it doesn't get all over the place, it doesn't what? And, and who's saying that? I mean, the guy, the narrator says it, but it always happens to be somebody in a, and a bikini, it has to be somebody who never eats cheeseburgers, right? You know, they're, they're, they're not, you know, you know, because if you eat cheeseburgers, you look like me, you don't look like that, right? You know, and so, so here's the thing is that, so he goes, he goes, how is that an appropriate response? How is that an appropriate advertising for my children to, to be able to witness that when I'm just trying to watch the baseball game or I'm trying to watch this or I'm trying to do that? He's like, that is not appropriate for a nine-year-old or a seven-year-old because all of a sudden they start getting this image i have to look like that and i have to act like that he's all we're allowing that to be fed into our children he's also what we need to do is we need to eliminate all of that he's all on our cell phones we don't have data plans i go he's all i'm not letting them watch youtube i'm not letting them do this he's all because he's all they're being fed all that information and i started to think about it and i go how accurate is that i look at my kids my kids say things, and I'm going, what does that mean? What, what did you just say? They're like, and they go, but she called me Pog Dad? Pog Champ. Pog Champ. What is that? It's amazing. 
or whatever. And I go, no, it doesn't. I said, amazing means amazing. What you said is something that is, I, I, it's definitely not born because I, it's a word that I can comprehend. But I mean, it's just like, but that's what they're sharing. Pog champ, right? Or pog champ. I don't know what it was. What is it? You're back there. Pog champ. See? <laughs> Even you're confused. I was confused. She sent me a text message. Hey, thank you, Pog champ. What? What is this? Like, like, can you imagine? Can you imagine the confusion? I was like, like I had, I had to figure it out. I was like, I had to Google it, and it, Google didn't even have a response for that. Google said, "Did you mean this?" That's what I, that's what I did. I said, "Hey, no, no, explain this to me." I see. It's from a streaming platform. That she wouldn't have if she didn't have that. You know, uh, anybody remember a couple years ago we we had a power outage for like four days here, right? My kids didn't care that the food in the refrigerator was going out. They're like, hey, can you make sure the router for the Wi-Fi is plugged in? That's what we need here. We need the, we need the, we need Wi-Fi. Well, what about, what about the food? They're like, mm, we got McDonald's, Burger King, we're good there. Let's do the, let's make sure that we have Wi-Fi. That, 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 see, that's how they get. We, we go camping, we, we go out camping, and you guys, we get out there, and the first thing that they're doing, they take their phones out, and they're looking to go, oh, I have service, we're good. That's terrible, right? Is that how dependent are we on this, right? We're like, oh, hey, look, I got served. I can, I can watch TV. Uh, you know, I can do this. I can do, man. I was getting ready to start checking messages right in the middle of this. I was like, oh, man, somebody emailed me. <laughs> my daughter can't figure out how I was raised without a phone in my hand. See? How about this? <laughs> I, I talked to my father-in-law who's here right now, and he goes, he goes, we didn't even have indoor plumbing. You guys have everything. He's like, I, you know. By the way, that's not a joke. I mean, it's the same. He, he, they literally, and it's like for us, we, they, so if you don't have indoor plumbing, you have no TV, by the way, because trust me, if you wouldn't have a TV, like if they came and said, hey, we're going to put a toilet in your house, we're going to put a TV, you're like, up oh, toilet, please. You know, that's just how it would be. Didn't have lights either. I mean, it's just, you know, no lights, <laughs> no running water, and, and, and they gave a whooping like fierce back then. They were like, go get that switch. <laughs> Yeah, you were reading the Bible. You were trying to figure out how to avoid all of those things. Now we're giving participation trophies. Here you go, and uh, you're amazing. And go watch some more Wi-Fi and tell me out or whatever that is. On <laughs> by, by the way, it's not freedom. It's not freedom. You're 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 being controlled by a different thing. You're you're just being controlled by you're you're being you're being fed all of this other stuff, and you, you it, it, and you're not walking into it wide open and aware. You're walking into a disillusion going, it's just entertainment, or it's just this, or, but it changes your language, it changes your heart, it changes everything. Or it's a distraction preventing you from actually doing what God has asked you to do. Yeah. Kids don't know how to talk. They, they just don't know how to, they don't know how to communicate other than do text. You, even, you can't even go to the restaurant and have people have a conversation at a table. They have to text it to one another. What's your order? Mm. Do you not know how to speak? Mm-mm. That's how it is. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you and the glorious inheritance to his holy people, to his incomprehensibly great power that he has for us who believe. That power is the same and mighty strength that he exalted when he raised Christ from the dead and he seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above the rule of the authority, power, dominion, 
and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fulfillment of him, who fills everything in every way. There's a lot that's there. So by the way, I want you to know that that line right there, he puts everything under his feet. That's very, very important that if you go all the way back to Genesis 3, he will crush him with his foot, with the serpent of his foot. That's how the Bible ties in. You can find Jesus all the way through it, all the way from beginning to end. You just have to be looking for it. And so it's, it's one of these things as you read it, as you're going through it, and Paul's prayer for the church is, when you read this, know God. You have to know him so that you can know his plan for your life. Find freedom. Find freedom in the Holy Spirit. Find freedom in Christ. Find freedom to do what he has called you to do. You have to discover your purpose. Too many people are wandering around. Ask kids today. Ask, ask, actually, ask anybody that's 40 and under, right? What is your purpose? And they'll go, I've been looking for somebody to tell me. No, no, no. You have to discover your purpose. You have to go out and figure that out. Because as you talk to people that are young, that are in this generation, that have no idea what their purpose is, they're not actually moving forward. They're just like going, I ask my kids, what do you want to do? I don't know. My son actually said, I want to be a YouTube star. I want to, he's starting to change. He actually, it was like, he said three things this week. He said, I want to be, what did he say? I want to be a lawyer, police officer, and I think a bus driver. No, I'm kidding. No, like a, a lawyer, police officer, and then something else from left field. And I was like, all right, well, that's better than I want to be a, an interior designer. Like, I was like, where, it was like literally out of left field. He's all, he was like, I want to, I either want to be a cop or a lawyer, but you know what? I really do like choosing paint colors, so I'm going to go that direction too. <laughs> By the way, he does. If you ever see, we go to, we'll go to Lowe's or Home Depot, he'll walk up and he'll see the paint wall and he'll be looking at it and he goes, hmm. He does. He pulls it and he goes, okay, this goes well, this goes well, this goes, and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, I'm, I'm just deciding how I'm going to paint my room. I said, we just painted your room. Like three years ago, he's like, yeah, I think it's time to change it. He's like his mom. His mom's like, let's rearrange all the furniture in here. Okay, <laughs> sure, let's do it. <laughs> Whew. All right. See, I, I want you to know something is that usually, and most times when I'm, when I'm preaching from up here, we'll never cover a chapter of a Bible, right? We'll, we'll, just, we'll cover a couple lines out of it. We'll cover, here's, here's this, here's this. And, and for me, I had a lot of fun doing it this way. Hopefully you, hopefully you received something from it. It's not just about me having fun sharing it with you, but hopefully you walked away and going, man, I can apply this to my life. This is inspirational, and I can do something with it. And so I, I'm, I want you to, to, to start investigating it. And so the next one, next week, obviously, we're going to be in chapter two, right? Pretty easy. It's not, it's not going to be hard to figure out where we're going next. And so if you open up and you open chapter two, chapter two actually opens up with a really, really strong line as well. As you open it up, you're like, wait, wait a minute. Is he talking to me? Was I dead in sin? Yes. Yes, he was talking to you. You were dead in sin. So just know that it opens up directly to each one of us that in our past, we look and we were dead and now we have life. And so I think it's a great way to open. But let's finish this one and let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for this, this day that we've had. Thank you for, for Paul's heart, Paul's knowledge, the word that he shared with us, how he loved us, how he, how, he, how he tried to guide us, how he tried to show us your word, even while he was in a terrible circumstance, while he was locked up to a, to a, in a while on house arrest, locked to a Roman soldier, trying to just continue to do the work that you've asked him to do. Father, we, we 
need to cast away the distractions, need to cast away the things that prevent us from knowing you, doing the work that you've asked us to do. And so, Father, we ask that you help us eliminate the things that we need to eliminate, whether that's taking less, that's taking off and turning off the Wi-Fi at our house at times, or turning turn off the, the, the TV where it has commercials that lead us in different paths, or what, whatever that looks like for us to be able to make those decisions to help move our family closer to you, but then also to recognize that we are all family together, that we share unity through Christ, that we share unity in the Holy Spirit, and that we are all part of this same family. So, Father, we are thankful for today. We are thankful that you have opened our hearts, you, your hearts you've awakened our, our hearts, you've opened our eyes and said, here, this is how I want you to move forward. Father, thank you. Thank you for today. It's in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So uh, uh, we are going to